Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Happy Tuesday, Dexter Fowler Day. Here on the CHGO podcast, Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, Corey Friedman in the house, and Mr. Cody Delmendo with the vibes and the Jays, always on the other end of the studio. Ah, uh, there I am. There I <laughs> there am. He is. See, Steven, our producer, he he forgot all about me, but there I am. No, no, no. That's 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 arriving late. That's like the late arriving like vibe like person. A, like yeah. they bring him in. It's so a who, special announcement. Is it, is, it, is it Collinsworth that does the slide? Yeah, I just did my best slide. Collinsworth impression. Yeah. slid in. Slide into the that's screen. how all the yeah. stars do it. They they want everybody else announced and then featuring. You know, so featuring and so. Cody Del Mendo. Uh, yeah. Exciting announcement for you, by the way. Tomorrow, Wednesday night, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, uh, let the good times roll. Here we go. Absolutely. A virtual party. Spring training less than two weeks away, of course. So let's get the vibe going with everybody. You can join all of us, the entire CHGO Cubs team, and all your fellow diehards out there. And we have a virtual happy hour presented by Goose Island. Go to allchgo.com for more information. Become a CHGO diehard now so that you can be part of the virtual party on Wednesday night. Looking forward to it. Luke, I I know we're all going to be drinking Goose Island, but maybe a shot of Malort for you before the happy hour? No, no, no. no, no. No, Strictly the Goose. I thought I would ask. That's worth the ask because I would love to see it. it. I would love to see it. And we'll be at home, so Luke won't have the excuse of, oh, I have to drive. No, no that's true. That's true. I also will not have Malort at the house. But I will have a little 312 action. Ooh, um, yes. Exactly. Also, we want to remind everybody, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube page when you're Absolutely. out there. Make sure you're a member, because we've been putting out a lot of fresh videos on YouTube, as well as the shows. First of all, it's the best place to watch the show live, because you can be part of the live chat. The videos come out. You can comment on those live as well. But... We're having a, most of our stuff is going towards YouTube right now, and so you don't want to miss out on any videos. So if you subscribe, give us the likes, you know, the five-star reviews, we appreciate it, and Spotify as well. Becky in the chat says she's having a grilled cheese and tomato soup on oh. this snowy day, and nothing sounds better than that while watching us talk about the Cubs, I'm telling you. Yeah. You can do it right on YouTube. That, so. that, that is like a vibe. That's yeah. a vibe right there. Dude, nothing, nothing hits like grilled cheese and tomato soup <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a cold day. And maybe a three-one-two. Yes, especially with a three-one-two. So it is Dexter Fowler today, former Cubs center fielder, announcing his retirement uh, on social media today, earlier this morning. 
put out a message thanking all the teams and fan bases that he played for. We won't mention the other ones because they don't exist. But four, 14 great seasons in the big leagues and two great ones with the Cubs. Anytime the guy's on your team, he's your leadoff man, and you go to the NLCS and the World Series, yeah, he was, he was a key part of everything. <laughs> I would say Dexter Fowler is one of the biggest pieces of that championship run. Absolutely. He was one that's not talked about enough when you look at it in hindsight anymore. Yeah, it's like, it's like he's become kind of underrated in that, but, yeah. like, that – I mean, I think the biggest thing, like, you know, the first reel was like, okay, like something's happening was when he came back to spring training, surprised the guys on the field, walked in with Theo and Jed. And because and, he was, I mean, he was a, a big part of that 15 team. And then all of a sudden, like, he was gone, right? He was, in the, he was signed with the Orioles and it was over. And then all of a sudden, he's walking onto, onto the spring training field down in Mesa. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, that in itself was like, you could tell how excited those guys were. Like, they, they rallied around him and, and you know him being the leadoff man for that team the whole year, like that's that's something the Cubs still haven't found again, right? Nope. That leadoff hitter since Dexter Fowler left. Uh, but yeah, he was as as much as like Rizzo or, or Javi or whoever, you know, Chris Bryant. Like Dexter Fowler was a big part of that World Series championship run. When and he was, that doesn't get talked about enough. He was such a part of. I mean, we'll get into a lot of the moments and the stuff specifically on the baseball field. But he was also such a. I think you were alluding to like a huge part of like that clubhouse culture that that team mm -hmm. developed and just the energy of that team. I, I know like, especially through social media, like his relationship with Anthony Rizzo and the friendship that they developed and their families. Anthony was very close with uh, Dexter's first daughter when she was first born. Like, I, I, I don't really remember what I thought they were going to do if he didn't show up in spring training for like center field and lead off and all of that. But it's, it's, Looking back, obviously, it's very important, not just from the baseball perspective, that he was a part of that team. Like, I think and his personality was really important to that clubhouse. And he came back in 16, like, with a huge chip on his shoulder to prove that he could make more money, in which he did. Uh, yeah. I'm very glad the Cardinals are the ones who paid him that money. Um, when that was the best, uh, yeah. if you're looking strictly by war, that was his two best seasons in his career. Yeah. Second best was 2015. Best season in his career by far, kind of. And he made the All-Star team. Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, again, yeah, he, he bet on himself because I think that deal with the Orioles was rumored around two or three years for like 30 to 40 million, somewhere in that range. And he turned that into five years, 80-some million with St. Louis. So, I mean, the 16 season doesn't happen without him. Yeah. Everyone's always going to talk about Rizzo, Bryant, uh, you know, Arietta, Lester, all those guys. But he was a – he was – Again, like I think it's kind of underrated to yeah. like the 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 value that he brought to that team and like what he meant uh, on the field and even to the fan base. I mean, Fowler's Howlers, man, like that 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 was a vibe <laughs> in center field. I didn't live here; I just watched at home. But you could like it was a thing on social media, and and he had he had a relationship with people in the bleachers, kind of like how Ian Happ does in left field with the people in left field now. So like it's when when a player like that who who wasn't even here that long was able to create that kind of relationship with Absolutely. the fan base in that short of time mm -hmm. it it means something so uh I was reading uh John Morosi's story about him today and he said that Fowler plans to uh you know still do to stay in baseball he wants to you know continue doing some of the broadcast stuff which I think it was MLB network or maybe it was TBS where he did like post game like for national games um and then I th some something related to being part of a front office one day or something like that. But 
if he's in the broadcast game or whatever, I would love for Marquee or hell, you want to come hang out with us once a week? Like that'd be great. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? I think he brings a really great perspective to the game, and yeah. he was one of those that. <clears throat> He was popular because he just he made baseball fun with his personality Absolutely. and stuff like that. When yeah. he was like a, a perfect compliment, I think, on that team too, like thinking about the roster, I think him and Zobrist, the Cubs were able to create so much. And I, you know, I think we'll sort of see that now with where the Cubs are headed, like how they put this all together. They were able to create so much from their own system and through trades and, and young guys and all of that. But Fowler and Zobrist, I think in particular, like just the perfect compliments to what you were able to build and develop with guys like Rizzo and Bryant and, you know, Schwarber dropping bombs all through those postseasons, Solaire, and like what you were able to develop. And I think Fowler being able to hold down center field the way he did and set the table for those guys at the plate by leading off, him and Zobris were like just the, you know, that's like from Theo's perspective, just like perfect execution of, Here's what I developed, and I need mm-hmm. to go out and find the exact right complementary pieces. I, I saw it in a, in a tweet somewhere on social media today where it was like Dexter Fowler was like the exact right player at the exact yes. right moment on the exact right team. You know, is he the best player ever? No, but he was perfect and so necessary for the Chicago Cubs to win that World Series. But the crazy thing is the Cubs had multiple players like that. He, it's just like... He was great for his role, but you mentioned Zobrist. They don't win it without Zobrist, obviously, either. Yeah. You know? But Dexter, when he came over, he wasn't like the Lester signing, okay? He wasn't um, He wasn't as flashy as, oh, we've traded Kashner to get Rizzo. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't a huge move, but you knew he was a good player. Like, go, going back to being drafted by the Rockies when he's 18, and everybody looked at him and thought, well, that's a nice player, you know. But nobody was saying Dexter Fowler, superstar. He was a piece of the puzzle, and he was a difficult piece to find. Yeah. So when you look at the next great Cubs team, you say they don't all have to be Dansby Swanson, okay? They don't all have to be whoever you were hoping they were going to get, whether it's Correa, Judge, they don't all have to be Shohei Otani if, if that ends up happening. The Dexter Fowler pieces can be just as important. Two years made all the difference. He turned around the Cubs franchise by do, simply doing his job well, not doing more than he needed to do, mm-hmm. not trying to hit too many home runs from the position he was in, simply by doing his position, playing his position well in the outfield, and setting the tone in that leadoff spot, setting the tone in the clubhouse with yeah. other guys. So he did all the right things. And when you when you talk about 16, I mean, that was, that was the beginning of the greatest season in Cubs history. And it, yeah. you kept thinking, well, is he is he not going to come back? They're not they don't have the money for Dex. Why is Dex not signed? What what's going to happen to Dexter Fowler? And Jed and Theo knew when that conversation started up with him again, like, how about a one-year deal? They knew they had something special, not only for the fan base, but for the team. And so they didn't tell the players either. Nobody had any – they didn't let Dex tell anybody. Nobody knew. So when he shows up in Mesa and walks out to that field, guys were literally shocked Mm -hmm. because they thought he was gone. And when he showed up, it was – 
I don't want to say the the baseline or the foundation for the greatest season in Cubs history, but it sort of was. Yeah. That was the that was the 2015 was really the foundation, yeah. but to carry that over, which doesn't always happen, to carry over that great feeling from 2015 into spring 20 spring training in 2016, the Dexter Fowler signing was that piece that linked yeah. the two together. And so that was their platform then to the greatest season in Cubs history. And it was it was brilliant by Jed and Theo to think of let's not just let let's not have him talk to other players. Let's hold this. We've got this information. Let's make it a surprise. Have you ever seen a free agent signing where a guy walked onto the field and the other players start cheering and going crazy? I've never even seen it before. Yeah. Well, because uh, you mentioned that he was kind of the missing piece. I mean, who was supposed to be the center fielder if it wasn't? It was Elmora, right? I think, or unless they moved I Jason I really can't mm-hmm. remember. It El- probably yeah. would have been Hayward El- yeah, and then maybe Schwarber, yeah. yes. Soler, or something so, like that. So it was like kind of like, what are, like, what, what are the Cubs going to do here? And then Dexter Fowler was the guy that's like, okay, like they have their center fielder, their outfield set. Like that, that really set everything up. And I like how you mentioned it was kind of like the perfect guy at the right time. Like he had his best season of his career in 2016. He had the All Star mm-hmm. appearance. I want to say the only one of his career. Um, but you look at the numbers, like highest WRC plus of his career, highest like I mean, he had like a 390 something on base percentage. Like he had an outstanding year at like the perfect time for this Cubs team, especially when you consider the fact that like their big signing in Jason Hayward didn't have that offensive right. production. Like he helped balance that out and brought. And he wasn't. Uh, you know, a gold glove caliber defender, but he was at least average to above average, which at that point is like you have Hayward and Rye. Like you have all these really good defenders all over the field. You didn't need him to be a gold glove caliber outfielder. You just need him to be good enough to make the good, make the easy plays, make the routine plays, make some bigger plays here and there and provide really good offense from the leadoff spot. And that's, that's exactly what he did in 2016. When a, a lot of people, we shared the, the video um, of him showing up in string, spring training in 2016 on the CHGO Cubs Twitter. And a lot of the responses that we got in the comments were, this was the moment that I knew, like, okay. you know, it was we, bumps. We, know, we knew that that team, it was going to be a big year. The expectations were through the roof. But there was just something about that moment that right away in spring training, you were like, okay, this, this, something's, this team is special. They brought the band back together a little bit, like you said, to keep the the vibes from 2015 going. Carry it like, over. It it really felt like a okay, like let's ride kind of moment. Like this is this is it. This is the year. There you go. One and the- I I think so much like about you know we're talking about how he fit for that team and he was perfect. Dexter was so much a part of that team's offensive identity. And we talk so much because, and I think Jed has spoken a lot about this because they have not done this in the years past, but one of the hallmarks of that team, they were really good at pretty much everything, but one of the hallmarks of that team was they would wear out starting pitchers. I remember there was a series against the Mets in the summer where I think they faced Syndergaard, who was at his peak, probably DeGrom, you know, maybe Steven Matz, I don't remember, but it was like a big three, right? Yeah, maybe Harvey. And they knocked, I think, all of them out by the fifth inning because they just saw so many pitches. And, like, how many games did Dexter Fowler start off with a six- or seven-pitch walk, right? And it's Mm -hmm. just the perfect complement when you have guys like Bryant and Rizzo and Schwarber coming up and slugging and doing the things that they're doing to have someone like Fowler Mm -hmm. immediately put the pressure 
on those starting pitchers. Like, you're going to be in for a short night. We're going to make you work here, dude. You got to pitch to some real heavy hitters, but you got to get through me first, and I'm going to run up that pitch count. He was such a huge part of that offensive identity uh, that I, I really don't think you can, like, overstate enough. Doug in the chat is right. He was actually the night before that spring training arrival was confirmed by some reporters as signing with Baltimore. Yeah. And so that's why everybody thought, well, the dream is done. He's not coming back. He's over. And the ironic part of the, of the video is that my buddy Ryan McGuffey took that video at spring training, and he's a diehard Sox man. And even he said at the time, like, this was a magical moment. Like, as a Sox fan, I could watch it and be like, this was some, I knew it was something special happening for the Cubs. And to think that then he leads off Game 7 of the World Series with a home run can almost you could almost say Dexter Fowler bookend was the bookends for the greatest you know maybe it's the speech maybe it's scoring the run the celebration but to go from spring training signing and showing up to leading off game seven of the world series in the most anticipated game seven ever in baseball history he was the bookends for that and so while it was just two years in a Cubs uniform his mm -hmm. impact in Cubs history is almost unmatched. I believe, and I could be corrected, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. I believe he scores the first run of that season. I think Anthony Rizzo drives him in in Anaheim, and he scores the first run for that season. So, like, to your point about bookending it, yeah. kind of wherever you want to start it, it starts with Dexter Fowler and kind of ends with Dexter yeah. Fowler. I'm not saying build him a statue. I'm not saying mm. retire his number. I'm just saying when you go back and go through uh, Cubs moments – in history, Dexter Fowler better be on your list. He's he's someone that the Cubs have to find a way to get to come to Cubs to come to come to Cubs convention yeah. year in and year out. Agreed. Now that he's retired, he's absolutely yeah. someone. And like that's been like my biggest complaint when it comes to Cubs convention in, in recent years. When it comes to alumni coming back, like they, it just hasn't been great. And he's yeah. someone that could really you know could change my mind on that you know yeah. and and everything that we all just sat here and said is a big reason why he's just a fan favorite and you know yeah like Luke said he's not a hall of famer he's no you just retire his number yeah. type guy but he's a guy that if you're the Cubs you should find any way you can to make him like an ambassador or something he's he was that's how much he was loved by this because of his personality yeah. too right his for personality sure. yeah. is great this is a this is a, f a weird stat that i didn't even realize but again it goes back to how good he was at the plate that world series year and 15 too both those years 99th percentile in chase rate and compared to everyone else in the league was not chasing the ball at all like so when you're talking about what you need out of your leadoff hitters like i just looked at nico nico is someone that we you know, could potentially see in a leadoff role. I don't know for sure, but that's like, you know, they're speculated. Last year, his chase rate, he was 18th percentile in chase rate. Dexter Fowler was the perfect leadoff hitter at the time for the Cubs. That A guy that was not going to swing at bad, at bad pitches, wasn't going to strike out a lot, wasn't going to whiff a lot. Like, he was the guy the Cubs needed to, to set the table for him. And, you know, he did it. He excelled at that. Fernando, the Super Chat, uh, saying in 2016, Dex bet on himself and the Cubs – a ride or die. And, and I also agree with um, <clears throat> who was saying it here in the, in the chat was talking about how, I think it was Doug, was saying, like, that home run in game seven, you can't state it enough. There was, mm -hmm. 
there was so much pressure on the franchise in general to win the World Series, and so many players throughout the year will tell throughout the years will tell you that they felt it. You know, anytime mm-hmm. they had a good team, then the questions start to get asked, and the closer they would get to the postseason, the question and the weight of that on their shoulders. That team was so young that some of the guys didn't feel it, but by Game Seven, everybody had to feel it. So when he hits that leadoff yeah. home run, there is. It's hard to say there are no big. There's no bigger hit in Cubs history because of what happened later in the game, but to take the pressure off the team and get off to that start, they don't win the World Series if they don't get off to that start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it, it's you, you, the 108 years, the three-one comeback, mm-hmm. all that yeah. pressure, and then they're facing Corey Kluber, who was, I would, I would say, pretty easily the best pitcher in that entire postseason going into that game. Like he had a .89 ERA. He was four and one. 35 strikeouts to eight walks like he was on top of his game and you know maybe the fact that he pitched three times that series had an effect but he was at the top of his game at that point and so that, that was even more pressures like not only do they have to do this in game seven complete this comeback but they got to do it against Corey Kluber <laughs> and Dexter Folly leads off with the home run that like was just as far as pressure goes I, I know it built up a little more later in the game but as far as that goes it's like holy crap the Cubs had the lead on, on Corey Kluber on the first batter of the game like yeah, they actually have a chance. It was Brian G that brought it up. Uh, that was a great comment in the chat by Brian. When I think it was like that's, I mean, obviously a monumental home run in that game and in that <laughs> context. Mm-hmm. But if I'm remembering correctly, he was the first African American player to play for the Cubs in the World Series, yep. and that was the first leadoff home run in a game decisive, seven. you know, game seven in World Series history. I, think I it mean, still is the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just a um, like for so many reasons, just a a monumental, not just that moment, but just series for Dexter Fowler. Just mm-hmm. huge historical significance on multiple fronts. Yeah, We talk yeah. about his personality, the SNL appearance after they win the <laughs> World Series. I believe if I, I've been watching a long time, he's got no no shirt on, right? Or he just went sleeves like, like shirt open. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, he's showing off the AG1, obviously. <laughs> I like, you know, a lot of AG1. Luke, AG1 does wonders. Luke yeah. trying to convince us that he doesn't watch Rizzo twerking on SNL on a regular basis. It's fine. The audience doesn't believe you. <laughs> who would have ever who would have ever said like before like 2015? Yeah, the Cubs the Cubs are going to be on SNL next week and they're going to be twerking. Was, what were the odds on that for DraftKings? I don't, I don't right. think they were too great. Uh, so my question is, who's going to be the next? Who's going to be that guy on the next great Cubs team, whether it's the leadoff man or whatever it might be? Who do you see being that kind of great personality slash slash leadoff man? Because we, how many years do we have the Whit Merrifield rumor? Oh man! Like everybody, they're still they're still going to trade for him this offseason. And and by the way, yeah, right. One great thing about Dex is he also didn't overstay his welcome long enough that people got a bitter taste at uh-huh. all about anything, right? There wasn't like, oh, Dexter Fowler, thank goodness. Like, he left. It was good. He didn't – his career was not the same when he moved on to the next teams. You weren't wishing him, you know, bad performances, but at the same time, he played his best baseball in a Cubs uniform, yeah. and that was it. He rode off into the sunset, and you kind of don't forget about that. But, like, you know – Think of Arietta coming back. Like yeah. at the end, people were just like, "Please right. get rid of him," you know, whoever. And it wasn't necessarily deserved mm. because of the great things he did in a Cubs uniform. But you never got that feeling with Dexter Fowler. No. And going back to your your well, your original question, who's that next one? Yeah, I think the Cubs are 
counting on it being Pete Carl Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have really have a leadoff hitter on this team right now. Pete Carl Armstrong could project to be that. Um, he seems to be a good dude. Like, we talked to him at Cubs convention for a little bit. Um, seems like a good dude. Seems like he gets along with kind of the players who also are kind of looked at as going to be part of that next great Cubs team. Um, so they don't have that on the on the active roster right now, but that's and he's got to prove it when he gets up there. Like you, you can't you can't say he's going to be, but that's where the Cubs are kind of. It seems like they're counting on Pete Armstrong to be that guy for him. The way uh, I look at it is you're looking you're you're looking at a guy that the Cubs have brought in. At least if you want to look at it from their active roster right now, you know you're looking at a guy that maybe is not is being o- a little overlooked in terms of the impact that he could potentially bring to next year's team. Mm-hmm. You know. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, Cody Bellinger has a higher ceiling than Dexter Fowler ever had, but like from the vibes he brought at CubsCon and you know the type of guy he, he he's, is perceived to be, like he could be uh, that you know that you know that type of move. I mean, what I know they brought in Fowler via trade, but um, he's a glue guy. Yeah, like he's yeah. a guy really that can, he brings a, a glue guy. He brings like Bellinger. Uh, he's one. He's Everyone loves his personality yeah. from all accounts. Like, the thing is, is I just think that Bellinger has a higher ceiling. It can be even better than Dexter Fowler was. I, I don't That's think that's the only pro- difference. But. I don't think he projects to be a leadoff hitter. Either. I agree with you on the character part of it. I, I, if if he gets anywhere close to that ceiling, like he needs to be in the middle oh, of the yeah. order. Well, yeah, I, I'm not even looking. I'm not even looking at it as like leadoff hitter. I'm looking at it as just like a, a move that. Basically, what Dexter Fowler was, which was an underrated move that no one talked about going into 2015, and then just became a fan favorite instantly. And that's basically how I look at what Cody Bellinger could be if he just, you know, is even an average hitter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, as as far as leadoff hitter right now on this active roster, I mean, we've talked about it before. We don't really know. Uh, there's there's a handful of guys. So. What about Dexter Fowler? I mean, David Ross has brought back a lot of former teammates to be on his coaching staff. And we know John Lester gave the advice. He's not on the official coaching staff, but gave Justin Steele advice last season through David Ross. How about bringing back Dexter Fowler in some sort of role outfield help at spring training? Like, right, show up at spring training this year and Dexter Fowler's out there he could just be there for spring training, helping the new guys, helping PCA come along in, in camp when he's there, helping Brendan Davis as he comes through at camp, getting guys adjusted major league. I just feel like he, he has that sort of magnetic personality that could be a guy that young players would learn, learn from and listen to. I think you and I were talking about it like a few minutes ago before we got on. Uh, I know that... Pedro Strope said he wants to keep pitching, so mm-hmm. he's maybe not ready for this. But And Dubs just said it. He's reading my mind. Like, you get Strope, you get Dexter Fowler, you make a vibes department. <laughs> you know, they obviously, you know, they, they well, coach, they can teach, I be head of right? Him? I was going to say, is, <laughs> but, but, but that, is Cody in that group? Or? <laughs> what you're describing about the magnetic personality is a roundabout way of getting to what I think the young folk would describe as vibes. Vibe. Yeah. yeah, so you, put, you build a little department. Strope is... The king of vibes. He's the vibe king of the world, I think. And well, now, wait a minute. Fou- yes. Nobody's brought a vibe to this show like I did with my Jays. So let's not leave the old heads out of the vibe category now. Just 
That was a monumental moment I, for CSU Cubs. It, it was look, if you're being recruited by David Ross to be a part, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. go for it. But I, I figured that wasn't an option, you know. So <laughs> let me tell you about vibes. Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat. Sausages and their famous meat sticks, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick, making the perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. If you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all-natural, they deliver a fresh, Flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, or your Chicagoland grocery stores. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, include a pack of meat sticks in your cart. Those meat sticks are free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat uh, so today I saw my guy, our guy, he's always in the chat every day, uh, Mike Dubs. He tweeted that he's got his tickets for spring training. Uh, first off, jealous. Uh, second off, he doesn't have to confirm, but I'm just going to assume he got them on game time. Or maybe, maybe, you know, maybe someone got them for him as a gift, you know. But I'm just going to assume they're from game time. Game time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets, sports, on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could? 50-yard line, courtside, behind home plate, floor seats at a concert. It's possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season on, like I said, Cubs spring training tickets, mm -hmm. uh, Blackhawks, Bulls. Got the uh, Blackhawks takeover in, what, in a week or so? Can't wait. Um you can you can all do it. You can do it all with game time. Created by the fans for the fans guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Man, I love reading that ad. By the way, speaking of vibes, <laughs> I mean, come on, guys, you're forgetting the MLB the show cover I was on yesterday. It was a vibe. I don't know who made yeah. that, but that was pretty nice. That was pretty Absolutely. Joy. Wake up. What did you say, Corey? Wake up, babe. Another yeah, wake joy. up, babe. Another Joey. Joey Banger just dropped. <laughs> Another Joey Sp Spathis The only banger. thing that's missing yeah. in that, it, like he cut off my shoes. Oh, true. <laughs> he did cut off the Jays, which, by the way, Cody and I are working on a potential deal where I will sell those online for excessive <laughs> amounts of money. So stay tuned to this podcast for that information. Uh <laughs> Also, oh, uh, you know, speaking of this, the show cover, it is undoubtedly the best cover because I'm just not a fan of Jazz Chisholm being on the cover this year. Maybe perhaps down the line, but this year, eh. Was Dexter Fowler ever on the cover of MLB The Show? No. I'd, I'd say probably not. Because he'd, be he'd be a good guy for that. Like, you know what I'm talking about? He'd, vibes. He'd be the vibes. Yeah. 2017, I mean, should have put Dex. Jazz Chisholm is a great marketable player. Was Javi on it? Javi was on Javi it. Javi was on it after yeah. 18, I believe. Uh, but I don't know. I think there's better players that they could have used to market. Vlad Jr., perhaps, you know, Julio Rodriguez. Nico Horner. Nico Horner, yeah. You know. I have an important question for you, and this, this is hard-hitting. This is the type <laughs> of stuff that everybody wants to know, and it's an important question. 
Is Dexter Fowler the greatest leadoff man in Chicago Cubs history? Is Dex the best for what he did for two seasons? Yes. He's... We put the poll out. Got some names out there. You think he is? I think I'd, I'd say he is. I mean, I know there's a few other guys in that poll. We had a few other names. Um, Rizzo, everyone likes to talk about Rizzo, which he actually did well in, in <laughs> most of his leadoff you know, roles. He wasn't a leadoff hitter, but when he did he lead, hit leadoff, he hit pretty well. Soriano, those first couple years with the Cubs leading off, actually had really, really good numbers. A lot they, of boom. They a lot of boom, too. They, they boom. obviously didn't win the World Series, but he had – he had great numbers and obviously the you know the home run totals. That's he had the power. Like he had he had great numbers first couple of years leading off. Um, I think he gives Fowler a run at his money. He strikes out a lot. Soriano would have been a spectacular leadoff man for the Cubs had he not ripped the quad off the bone. Yeah. Right, like yeah, he was a forty forty guy. If he doesn't have the injury, he's still stealing bases with yeah. the Cubs. He's hitting home runs. He's everything they wanted when they signed him. So. I, I could see Soriano being on the list. Dexter Fowler OBP in 2016 was 393. Now you guys aren't old enough to remember Bob Bob Dernier, Bobby Dernier, <laughs> but for that Cubs era, that was the daily double. It wasn't just Sandberg; it was Dernier to Sandberg. Dernier setting the table for Ryan Sandberg to drive him in and become the MVP and a future Hall of Famer. So Bob Dernier. 356 OBP, but he only struck out 60 times in 1984. So he wasn't a guy that would strike out. And I thought the one thing that was crazy that actually flashed through my mind as, as I was sitting there and watching Dex hit that home run in Cleveland in Game 7 of the World Series, my mind flashed back to being a little kid and watching the 84 playoffs against the Padres Bob Dernier led off that postseason with a home run against the Padres. They won 13 to nothing, I think, game one. We just forget it after that. With the rest <laughs> of it, we don't remember. But I do remember Bob Dernier, who was not a guy with home run power, hit a home run, and you were like, it was the same thing as game seven. You were nervous going into it as a fan. He hits the home run, and all of a sudden it's just like, oh, this might happen. Mm-hmm. This, this could happen. I feel so yeah. much better. I can enjoy it. So, for a generation of Cub fans, Bob Zanier, who does show up a lot at Cubs convention and different signing things, has to be on the list. Yeah. 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 I mean, and uh, there's a comment in the chat. Kenny Lofton for half a season. I know you and I were talking about that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that too. I don't know that he would get there in the, the top in such a long organization for, uh, I'm looking at it, it was 56 games. He was, he was worth 2.1 wins above replacement in 56 games Just the Cubs. for the wow. Cubs in 2003. And he was 36 years old. He was. That's one of the greatest like, trades. Really kind of yeah, remarkable. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a fun player. But I, I, in that, I in that trade. Yeah. this is one <laughs> where like I'm sure and, you know, the chat and we're talking about some of the guys that are, you know, certainly before my time. Um, but I, I would say Dexter – you can compare the numbers as far as their overall production. I'm sure some guys certainly did it for longer, et cetera, but it's everything we talked about today. Like Dexter was so good and, and valuable and just perfect in the most important season in Cubs history. Like, I think that gives him, I think that earns him the title. Like I, I just, I, I, we can't defer everything to the year that they won the World Series, right? Like, every best or most important is just in 2016. But I think, like, if we're talking about the value of a leadoff hitter, like a true leadoff hitter and what their job is and what they're brought in to do, 
he did it as well as you possibly could, and it was so utterly important to them winning yep. their first World Series in 108 years. Like I, I just I, I don't know how you would have any other answer. And if it, if you don't count um, the length of time that, that a guy was doing it, right? Like mm. it's more about their impact while they were the leadoff guy. So that brings you to a name like Anthony Rizzo. Hmm. The numbers don't lie. Like Rizzo would always like to proclaim himself, although he wasn't leadoff very much. But, you know, Madden liked to use different guys. Chris Bryant, I, I spe- specifically remember a Chris Bryant leadoff game where he had like three hits and doing an end-of-game interview with him and asking him, so are you better than Rizzo? And he's like, no, Rizzo is still. But Rizzo, statistically, is he the best leadoff guy in Cubs history? I don't know. You know, you you're the numbers guys. I I don't. Me the no, I'm not a numbers guy. Delmetrics. Delmetrics guy. Yeah, it's rated in vibes. <laughs> I would I wouldn't say he is just because he wasn't a leadoff hitter. Like he had he had his stretches where he you was don't hitting leadoff, leadoff, but he guy, wasn't really. he wasn't a leadoff hitter in in the sense of like Dexter Fowler. Like well, I mean, know. if we are going by the Delmetrics, Rizzo is not only the best leadoff hitter in Chicago Cubs history, he's also the best relief pitcher in Chicago Cubs history. Uh, if we're looking at his sparkling ERA. So, <laughs> depends how you want to... If we're going strictly by the numbers, the answer is Anthony Rizzo for a lot of categories. Right. So he has a better ERA than anybody. Yeah. So. You mentioned Stan Hack here and uh, Notion. Yeah, I mean, none obviously, of, none, none of us, of us watched him. Even you didn't watch him, Luke. No. So, I mean, I don't know. That, that, was, that was uncalled for. <laughs> yeah. That was totally uncalled for. <laughs> Even yeah. you. 30s and 40s. Oh, man. Come on now. So rude. Hey man, like I'm just. <laughs> hey, all I all I all I know is I looked him up and he he led the Cubs to four World Series. They lost all four of them, but he led the Cubs to four World Series, and his OBP was almost 400. It's pretty solid. He was, I mean, you look at his numbers. He he was he was really good. So. Michael Collada might remember him. I don't. I don't remember him. Yeah. When we didn't, uh, when we were like reminiscing too, like one of the moments from Dexter that I shared today was, I think it was the fifth game in 2015. He hits a, the Cubs are down five to four, I think in the ninth inning, I think with two outs in Colorado. And he hits a go ahead two run homer off of, I'm not going to refer to him as my old friend because he was not my friend, but an old Cub, Latroy Hawkins, uh, to give them the lead. And like only the fifth game of the year, it put them at three and two on the season, but as we were talking about, like, kind of the bookends that Dexter Fowler fit, he also, like, that to me, and a lot of people on Twitter were talking about that, too, like, that was one of those first moments in 2015 where you were like, oh, like, this team's got some fight in them. They're, like, a little interesting. Like, at that point, like, you know, Bryant's not up. Uh, you know, Schwarber's not up. Like, Javi's not involved as as he would later become, et cetera, et cetera. So, like, you know, but you had brought in Lester. You had started to make some of these moves. But that, like, five games in was always one of those moments I think back of is like, oh, okay, like, this Cubs team has a little bit of something juice. maybe to them. And then obviously, juice. you know, it progressed from there. But, um, and yeah, yeah, when you hit that home run in Colorado, that was one of those, like, oh, boy, I'm yeah, I'm getting up for this team. Like, I'm I'm really going to be ready to be hurt again <laughs> if, if, if this doesn't go well. Uh, but – yeah, when, that's like one of my favorite moments from him. Sure, on the field, no doubt. Off the Troy, it was, too. It we was deserve that. Re, it was the revenge game. <laughs> yeah, was, we earned that. Yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely <laughs> earned that after Latroy Hawkins' Cubs experience. So is leadoff overrated now in baseball? 
It's just different compared to like, you know, you mentioned like Kenny Lofton and, and uh, you know, some of these other guys. I, a lot a lot of teams now are putting their best player in the leadoff role. You know what I mean? Just put your best hitter first because yeah. you want him to bat the most. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's the right way or whatever, but a lot of teams are doing it, man. Like, it, it, Why? Because they want to get those guys the most at bats. That's the only thing I can come up I, with. I, <laughs> I think it seems to be overrated in baseball, but I think the leadoff hit spot – more than any, more than most other positions, shouldn't shouldn't change. I think you want a guy who gets on base at a high clip, a guy who can steal bases, a guy you know maybe provide some pop, but isn't necessarily like required to. And then a guy, you know, someone said it. You want a guy that uh, uh, Doug Doug says you want a guy who can you know has has enough speed to score from first on a double. That's completely true because when you look at now the number two hitter in baseball. It's kind of a lot. A lot of teams, more often than not, are making their best hitter at number two, in my opinion. Um, you know, Mike Trout hits second in the order, and uh, in, in, on the Angels, I know David Ross likes Saya in that you know number two spot. So if your number two spot is going to be your best hitter, you want a guy who can. If that guy's going to hit a double or something, you want a guy who can get around the bases pretty quickly and score that run. So that I don't think, out of all the positions, I don't think the leadoff spot should change much. It kind of has. I don't agree with it. I think the the traditional leadoff hitter um, is where baseball kind of should well, have left it at. I guess they're not all like Juan Pierre. You know what I mean? No, Juan Pierre, two thousand six. Pierre, there's a good name from the yeah. past. Well, in like, you're, like he was guy. like fast, slap hitter. You know, wore the jersey way too big. You know, <laughs> for him, some Jay Z raps. <laughs> you right. know, like he he was. You just don't see a lot of leadoff hitters like him anymore. The yeah. two two that come to mind, they were not they he he wasn't scoring from first, but you mentioned like wanting that guy that's scoring from first. Tony Campana. Like, oh no, yes. I'm I'm thinking about uh, Dexter <laughs> and like you think to the 2015 wild card game, he scores the first run in that. He steals second, but he scores on uh, Kyle's double down the left field line, if I'm remembering correctly. Game six off Kershaw. He starts it with a double, but he scores on Brian's hit. Mm-hmm. Like, not from first, but it's just, you know, he's he's getting on the bases and he's wreaking yeah. havoc and he's he's creating runs and setting the tone. And, like, I I think that the leadoff spot is I, – I don't think it's overrated, but I think a lot of people have a particular, like, archetype of what that looks like, and it's not – really what it should be i think like what ryan was getting at is is what it should be it's someone who gets on base a lot someone you want to give the most at bats to but i think like there's a reason that as we've gone through these years after that so many people always say and they're saying it a lot today it's never been the same since dexter left right right. and so it's not a coincidence that the cubs finally won the world series when they had a leadoff guy and i i think it's you know so whatever and i think he's a really good example of all the things we're talking about but also as we said like just the perfect kind of fit and i think that can that's not always easy to describe right like obviously you got to get on base got to have a little speed you have to do certain things but there's also just, you know, different teams have different identities deeper in the order. And sometimes you just have that perfect guy that needs to start things off. And the Cubs were very, very lucky to find that. And in 2016, they were very, very lucky to be able to bring it back. Maybe it's not as sexy as hitting all the home runs. I just don't understand why more players don't want to be that guy and more organizations don't want to 
find a way to develop that guy at the lowest levels of the system. Like, why is it not a priority? Why has that position become sort of a diamond in the rough? And when you find it, you know you've got the guy and it's helpful. I think Dexter Fowler is the greatest leadoff. Having seen Bob Dernier and what he meant to the team, and I never saw Stan (laughs) Hack. Is Dexter, to answer my own question, is Dexter Fowler the best leadoff man in Cubs history? Absolutely. The proof's in the pudding. Look at the results. Yeah. NLCS, World Series champs. Who else is saying that? Maybe Ryan's right about PCA being that next guy because he definitely has the attitude. It's the top prospect in the organization. Elite uh, defensive outfielder already won minor league defensive player of the year or whatever it was. You know, and again, vibes. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully he's he's that guy in 2024 and beyond. Um, But, yeah, as far as this year, I'm not sure. I don't know who that who that guy can be, but I, you know, I strictly remember when they traded for Fowler. I I, I did not automatically think he was going to be the leadoff hitter for the Cubs going into 2015. So, uh, maybe 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 there's someone on this team that can you know be groomed into that role, and it's something that we talk ourselves into every year, and we're all it seems like we're always disappointed by it. But you know, they. They got they gotta they gotta find their next extra fowler sooner rather than later. And I'm tired of waiting. So he's the he, well everything we just talked about with Fowler, it's like it's not overstated. It, yeah. it's it's pure fact. They do not win the World Series without him. And they don't have the type of team that they have without him. So it it again, he's one of the more forgotten guys. And uh it shouldn't be. So I, I I genuinely really appreciate everything he ever did for the Cubs. I feel like Cody wants to hug Dexter Fowler yeah. right now. I do. Yeah, I would love to hug the guy. Who doesn't? I'd love to talk to him about shoes, too. Oh, he did have a good <laughs> shoe I game. I said before we got on, I'm surprised that Cody wasn't, you know, not that you weren't a big Dexter Fowler guy, but like a bigger Dexter Fowler guy. He was like the, the Jordan guy. Yeah. Maybe like besides what, like Derek Jeter, I yeah. think was like, but like. Dexter Fowler was always, not just in J's, like <laughs> hoodies, sweatpants, like everything was always Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Yep. He was Cody's guy. Would you let Dexter Fowler... I loved his Fowler... walk-up song. Oh, a good walk-up song, too. Mm-hmm. Would you let always Dexter good. Fowler s- sign a pair of your J's? Yeah. Your best pair? Your best pair. Well, I like to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> wow, passing up on a Dexter Fowler uh that's tough. I yeah. see, but this see, like that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. he's Cody's guy because he would be like, oh, I can't sign these. Yeah, that's fair. You got to wear these. I'm going to devalue them. What <laughs> if he said, I'll give you a pair and I'll sign those? Now you're never going to wear them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking, I of bring greatness, them here to to put them on the set. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> speaking of greatness, guys, Goose Island, the official beer of CHGO, Chicago's beer since 1988, and mm-hmm. don't miss our CHGO Cubs diehard virtual happy hour coming up. Wednesday night, this Wednesday, 8 p.m., we're less than two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training. Join the entire CHGO Cubs team, fellow diehards, for our first ever virtual happy hour presented by Goose Island. Go to allchgo.com for more information. Become a diehard today so you can join us. The beer roster's got it all. The Blackhawks, Pale Ale, and Limit Release. Bull City, 312 and Limit Release. Bourbon County Stout, Christmas IPA. Beer Hog IPA Series, the Green Line, Matilda. You guys have a favorite right now? That tropical one. Was it good? It's good. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. It has 9.9%. That's well, all that matters. And when we were at the tap room, they <laughs> had the, the CHGO. 
I'm a three one two man. Always yeah, have been. You green line is it. good. I like. I, green I'm line still three one two, but I would I would definitely like to try. You know, kind of all they got to offer. I'm not even like a huge IPA person or anything, but like I'm like. I'd like See, to try. I, I'd like to try it myself. I, I had moved on from my craft beer phase, and then I was just just dragged right back into it. And I'm so thankful, so thankful. <laughs> Goose enough. Island's uh, two locations <laughs> open and ready for you. Grab a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room, 1800 West Fulton. We've been there, great time. Or get a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House. That's 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations, pick up. Go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. And, you know, next year, yeah, you're, you're tailgating. Say you're tailgating at, you know, just wherever, wherever you're at a Chicago Chicago professional team game, whatever whatever you're doing around Chicago, you're tailgating. You're going to have your Goose Island 312s, whatever you're drinking, but you're also going to have your Chi-Town Cornhole Ports. Mm-hmm. Chi-Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland and Illinois since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their, cor- their cornhole boards come with built-in drink holders recessed in on the back, LEDs that light up the hole, and exterior handles for easy carrying and handcrafted scorekeepers. Chi-Town Cornhole is a veteran-owned and operated. They ship anywhere, and they offer local pickups. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Go check out their website, ChiTownCornhole.com, and make sure to follow them on Instagram at ChiTownCustomCornholeBoards. We have, we have two in the office. They look awesome. We can tell you firsthand experience. They're fun to play. They're, they're fun to play. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to say bags. Fun to play bags at those Bears tailgates we had, and looking forward to doing it next fall. LED lights are brilliant. brilliant. That's brilliant. For outdoors and wanting to play at night, you know, summertime it's a little humid during the day. Wait till it cools off. It's a little bit darker, but you still got to see the board. LED lights. Yep. Somebody says, by the way, coffee stout the best. I haven't tried that. So they put that on the list of trying that from uh, okay. more. I, I like more of the lighter ones, if that makes any sense. The dark ones, it's not for me. But, you know, I'm willing to try anything. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I took a half shot. a shot of Malort on here. I'm willing to try other stuff. Um, <laughs> it can't be. It can't taste worse. <laughs> More uh, related to Dexter Fowler, our friend uh, Scotty Chags from yeah. Marquee, he uh, tweeted, this is a few hours ago, you might have already seen it, but he tweeted a video, he quote tweeted Dexter Fowler's uh, tweet about him retiring, and it's a video. he tweeted a video that he took at Game 7 after he hit that mm-hmm. that leadoff homer. Um, yeah. I just retweeted to the CHO Cubs account. If anyone I don't, wants to I don't know if we out. talked about it, but Corey, you were talking about it prior to the show about you know, when Miguel Montero hit that home run uh, game yeah, one of the sure. NLCS in 2016 and the shot of Dexter Fowler celebrating behind him. Like, I don't know if we have it on there, like Steven. We might have it in Slack, but um, that's I, a great I shot. I tweeted it this this morning if we that, had that. That's a great shot. And then, like, as like as big as that moment with Montero, uh, you know, like Grand Slam was, it's like, <laughs> don't forget that Dexter Fowler hit a home run right after right. that, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that, was, that was a pretty good moment for him, too, just, you know, following up. That because um, who was who was the the Dodgers reliever at that point? I can't remember what his name was. Keep wanting to say his name. His uh, last name that'd was be Stanton? Joe Blanton. It was a Blanton. Blanton. Okay, yeah. And he was Stanton good. Blanton. And he was good. And then all of a sudden, I remember. I remember when Montero got put in the game, and it was like, okay, like 
He, I, I don't think he had had a hit that entire postseason. He, he had he had two hits that and entire then postseason. That <laughs> that pitch right before that was it was the same pitch. He swung right through it, and we're like, oh no. I oh, will. And then, he, uh, and then he smoked the next one out. I will never ever forget to be grateful that Joe Blanton or Dave Roberts or whoever it was. I think it was Rick Honeycutt at the time before <laughs> it was Mark Pryor. He swings through that slider, oh, and you're thinking, you. boy, that was the pitch. And they call it again. Uh, right. And forever for the rest of my life. Thank you, Dave <laughs> Roberts, for calling that slider again. Because yeah. Miggy wasn't missing it twice. But, reason. yes, Dexter's reaction in the background is amazing. And, and yeah, following he, it up with the home run. Like he throws his, his bat in the air, picks it up, spots. and then <laughs> immediately hits another home run. Oh, yeah. his... That was a moment I was telling you guys, like, I was at that game. And, like, everybody around, like, you had to, like, be like, hey, hey, hey. Like, he hit, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're still playing. Like, watch, like, watch Dexter. Yeah, there's another home run <laughs> happening right now. Yeah. So, so, so insane moment in Cubs history. Yeah, is that, like, Dexter Fowler was, as far as, like, 2016 had a lot of insane moments, obviously. Dexter Fowler was involved in his fair share of them. Yeah. Oh, and for again, sure. It was just, like, he was a big part of that team. He's, uh, as I go through my brain looking at, like, people always say take flashbulb pictures of moments in your life that you want to remember, right? Like you're getting married, you remember a certain, because over time you, you forget little details, but do you remember an image of something from your wedding? Do you remember an image, something from your high school graduation or your prom, whatever it might be? From game seven, I can picture stuff before the game. I can picture stuff during the game where I'm at. I can picture crowd. I can picture him cross, you know, hitting the home run and, and going out. And I can one of the last things from the inside the ballpark I remember is Dexter Fowler walking out with his family after a lot of celebration and just I think he's the only player I can think of walking out of that stadium in Cleveland with just sheer joy on his face, right? Like you see the look of complete happiness on his face. He's got his family with him, his little girls cute, they're walking out, and the rain is still coming down in Cleveland. And I think that's the last player I remember seeing in Cleveland, but it's one of those flash moments that still sticks in your mind. You wish you remember more from that stuff, mm-hmm. but that's one that I won't forget of looking at the satisfaction in his in his eyes as he was going out and was just clearly – I remember him also thanking some media members on the way out. Like, he was just thankful when it all finished, right? And that's how you want the players to be. You don't want them to be – they can be happy, they can be cocky if you want, but you want them to appreciate – what they've just accomplished and that image of him as I see him walking out I, I you could tell that he was thankful for what yeah. he had gone through and accomplished with the Cubs and I know Cubs fans are certainly thankful that <laughs> he was there for sure well and I love like I'm glad that he made this announcement today when not too much was going on mm-hmm. for the Cubs and really just baseball in general like it's not in the middle of the season because, like, a lot of people have, they, you know, as we're talking about, they still reminisce about how they haven't found a leadoff hitter. So mm-hmm. it's not like people weren't appreciative of Dexter Fowler. I think they were quite appreciative of Dexter Fowler. But, like, he's just one of those players where, like, he deserves an entire episode about him and to get his flowers from people on Twitter today and everybody just spending a day, like, talking about him and how important he was and how glad they were, like you said, like, just to to use the same word, like, thankful that he was mm-hmm. a part of that experience. We were very lucky um, as we said, on the field and off the field. He was just a, a wonderful player and person to be a part of our Cubs lives for a couple of years. And I, I love that we got to just spend the day talking about Dexter Fowler. 
I yeah. wonder, you know, I'm wondering, Cody, I was going to ask you, like, where Dexter ranks in. You know, he's not number one or number two for fans when you think of who's your favorite player from 2016. Everybody, I never heard a bad thing about Dexter Fowler. never heard a player say a bad thing. I never heard a fan say a bad thing. But where he ranks in your Cub fandom for, like, players. Because, because there were so many positives in such a short span of time. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, Chris Bryant will forever be my favorite player from that team. Uh, one, because people completely have for have tarnished him on social media nowadays, and it pisses me off to, to, to the ends. I will rant about it on another day because that's not today. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it – you know him and and him and Riz are right up there one and two, you know, Arietta Lester they're probably right up there next. I I'd probably put Fowler you know five or six as as you know if I had to rank my favorite players from the sixteen team, and uh, but yeah I mean they clearly he had his own impact, but again when you kind of forget about him sometimes it kind of shows just how much of how much more those other guys were more popular than him, which rightfully so. They were they're great players. <laughs> so, but, but yeah. forever loved, right? Like forever Dexter, loved, yeah. Zobrist, Miggy Montero. Yeah, like I'd I'd probably put Fowler and Zobrist at the same level of mm-hmm. like who I like on that ranking of that list of my favorite Cubs from that sixteen team, uh, just because uh, you know they they were both similar on base contact guys. Uh, and just, you know, Fowler had a little bit more personality, and Zobrist was – he was just the guy who kind of did all the little things that you didn't really see in a in a box score uh, outside of, you know, the good offensive numbers, but just the ability to play all over the field and stuff like that but um, and just be a good teammate. But, you know, I, Fowler is just always going to be one of those fan favorites that I, I feel like people will – Will eventually forget again, and uh, except when they really dive into like they go on Baseball Reference and look at that team, and they'll be like, "Oh, Dexter Fowler was on that team," and so uh, yeah, that's 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 where I'd rank him at least. So, uh, congratulations, Dexter Fowler, on fourteen great seasons in the big leagues. His two best in a Chicago Cubs uniform. That's always great to have. And World Series champ. Uh, that will never be forgotten by Cubs fans. Thanks to everybody that joined in the chat today live on YouTube. We appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe, like, give us the five-star review. Appreciate that. Don't forget to join us for the happy hour coming up on Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. And until then, we'll have another podcast coming up uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, 120, live right here. Thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you also fly the W.